What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go, Giants. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This week we are 67% British, 33% Irish, but absolutely still 100% Giants. Producer Craig's on his holly bobs in Thailand, so it's Dan, Kev, and for one week only, producer Shane's back in the room um, to bring you our penultimate episode before the 2023 draft kicks off just a mere eight days away from now. Lads, it's the OGs. How are we doing? Yeah, really good. Uh, I've got butterflies. I don't know if that's for the NFL draft or for producing tonight. Probably a combination of both, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back after missing last week. And, you know, it's one week away from the draft and it's mentally quick to come round, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's good to get back all three of us. Uh, like you said, the OGs are back in the house. Yeah. I mean, uh, but uh, we've all missed Craig, obviously, this week. Geezer has done such a good job of the, everything on, going on behind the scenes and everything. But I have full faith. In Shane to put this, uh, sort this out and get it in the bag. In Shane, we trust. Oh, 100%. Not just Joe Shane, <laughs> in Shane, we trust. Yeah. We'll just get in there now for any technical difficulties that we might experience, such as going like live a little bit lighter than planned and anything else. Yeah, might be, uh, the joys of live streaming. But also, as well, lads, it's, uh, it's near enough draft week. We're like eight days out now. Yeah, man. Mental. How, I mean, I think it's what. Two, two and a bit months since the since the Super Bowl. So, where's that two months gone? Mm. You know, I mean, it's three almost three months since we met up in London in Jankev. So, crazy times. But yeah, Easter's gone. Drafts around the corner. Lots to look forward to. Um, but yeah, absolute shout out to Craig. Um, I hope you're enjoying your holiday in Thailand, and he's off to Japan next week as well. Lucky git. Um, but yeah, big shout out to you, mate, and uh, thanks for filling in for me last week. Did another stellar job, and uh, I was gutted to miss out on the episode actually because uh, always enjoyed chatting to Brian. Um, had a listen on, had a listen to the episode the other day, and uh, you all good, did a cracking job. So uh, well done. But yeah, so it'll be good to get him back on um, very soon post draft. Both Craig and Brian, that is, you know, it'd be good to get Brian back on. Um, to hear his uh, opinions on our, our draft class of this year. Um, now, we were meant to have a guest with us this evening. Uh, Andy from the UK Giants was going to join us for a chat, um, but he's uh, he's been declared out this week on the injury report. And uh, so we've had to call an audible and uh, change things up a bit. So this week, we're going to look at Big Blue's draft needs. Uh, Shane and Kev are going to pick out some prospects that we should be targeting on each day of the draft. Of at sort of positions of need, and uh, sort of those positions of need are sort of widely known by all those Giants fans out there. But before we do that, um, we are going to sort of take a little bit of a look at the latest news. Not that there's much, but um, the off-season workout program got underway this past Monday. Voluntary workouts taking place. Barkley wasn't there. Dexy wasn't there. Are you really surprised due to their sort of contract negotiation situations that's going on? Uh, what do you make of them both not turning up? Yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised by either, to be honest with you. I mean, like, um, Dex is obviously putting the work in. There was a video, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, of him and Leo training in the rain. 
Um, so, you know, he's, it's not like he's chilling on a boat somewhere like previous Giants have done in the past. Um, so, you know, he's still putting in the work. Um, and with Saquon, you know, I think I think some media outlets are blowing it up more than it is. You know, I've seen articles like Saquon's not happy with the tag. Well, duh, no, play, no player's ever happy with the tag because it means that they're not getting the money they want and they're not got the uh, security that they want. Um, you know, he knows if he plays, he's only for one season. If he blows his knee or something like that, ACL done for the season. And, you know, why, why would anyone put themselves at that risk? So... I don't agree with neither of them not being there. I will say that you do like to see your players turn up regardless, but I do understand the uh, business side as to why they've not turned up. Yeah, I completely agree with Shane there. Um, there's one thing I was thinking about. I mean, like, obviously, the situations are similar but different. Um, obviously, Sexy Dexy, uh, old Dex Lawrence is on playing. He will play the fifth year of his final, uh, fifth year option of his rookie contract, you know, and he's looking for a sort of a, a big, big payday with some of the some of the defensive tackle contracts that have been handed out this offseason. Um, and obviously, Saquon's on the tag. He hasn't signed the tender, tender yet, um, but I do believe he will sign it, and I do believe he will play on it. Um, but so it's a very strange one with Saquon, actually, because I think Dexter Lawrence will get done. I think that'll be 22, 23 million per year, uh, four or five year type deal, whatever it is. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll be a New York Giants for a long time. Um, which I kind of hope so, because he's got a big New York giant tattoo in his arm, hasn't he? So, you know, he can't really yeah. go anywhere now. But um, with, with Saquon as well, I was, I was just thinking about this earlier, and um, Saquon's 26 now. So if he plays out this tag, you know, 10.1 million, he will be 27, essentially. Now, I, I can't see this front office or any front office giving a 27-year-old, like, a long-term deal. Um do, could we? Could this be Saquon's last year in the Giants uniform, or, or do we tag him twice, or or would it be more of a case of trying to get a three, four year deal done in this off season? So it's very interesting to see how it's going to play out. You, you don't really hear of long term deals for older running backs anymore because the it's you know just the the risk of injury at that position is is so massive. It's you know it's unless you are one of the sort of top two or three in the league and get, and, you know, you're still young. That's when you're going to get a big deal like Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation with Barkley. I think we'll, I hope we, I hope he, you know, he signs a new deal, but, you know, I'd love him to sign, up, um, I'd love him to sign like a, like a, a, a like a benefits both sides type deal. If he signed like a four year deal now to include this season, but maybe you could get out after two or three years might be beneficial. Yeah. Um, I mean, McCaffrey's, I think, signed his deal before his fifth-year option. He was kind of in the same sort of deal as Dexter Lawrence is in now. Like, the deal was signed going into the fifth-year option, just like Jalen Hurts, you know, has signed his deal with um, in his final year of his rookie deal. Um, so, um, but Saquon's obviously, with his injury history, the Giants were never going to do that until he had a productive season of injury-free. And he's had that now. So, um, so it's kind of like, uh, the two, the two you're meeting like loggerheads, you know. I know I, there's reports out there that, sh that uh, the front office has taken the um, the deal off the table, so there's no actual offer on the table at the moment. The tags there, and that's what he'll play under until they reconvene and actually get back again around the negotiation table. Yeah, I think with 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 running backs, it's um, you know, it's a position that is very dependent on whether you're healthy or not. 
Um, and as soon as you get one in, you know, any leg injuries are just absolute killers for for those running backs. And once they get to sort of the age late twenties into the thirties, that's when they start to notice a sort of decline. Unless you unless you're all day Adrian Peterson and you still go until you're thirty seven. Um, but you know, it, I hope we do sign him. And like you said, to a, a a good for both to you know both parties deal, three years, four years out after two. I'd be happy with that. But if he plays under the tag, then he plays under the tag at the end of the day. Um, you know, I'd rather pay him 10.1 million than pay him 12 or 13 million. So, you know, either way, I think it's a win-win. But at the same time, Barkley will probably be a bit annoyed about having to play under the tag rather than getting a, a deal that he wants. Um, I know you guys talked about it last week, uh, we, but I just wanted to get um, Shane's opinion on it because I know he's been quite vocal about um, this, but uh, obviously Paris Campbell decided that he would pick up the number zero jersey since the league made, you know, allowed players to wear number zero. Um, Shane, thoughts on number zero? Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to direct it to Kev. Um, what's the cup if we cut him? <laughs> <laughs> love it, love uh, it, love it. Uh, Very I despised what they brought in anyway. But, like, I can kind of live, like, you know, if you're a DB or something and you want to wear number one or you want to wear a single-digit number, like, yeah, it probably looks quite sick on a DB or something. But zero? Nah. I ain't happy about that. Um, no. So just, just, it, it doesn't... Num- number zero does not belong on a jersey in the NFL. I'm sorry. Categorically, no. It'll be double zero before we know it next. Oh. Don't say that. Don't say that. That's even worse. Um, and just before, before we move on in the topics, um, obviously uh, we've got Steve who's tuning in, who's just um, put a comment on what we were just talking about in regards to sexy, Dexy and Saquon Barkley. Even Steve, how you doing, mate? Um, I want to say, not all that impressed with certain people in the media trying to stir things up with Saquon, the sexy Dexy not turn up. Absolutely. You know, Shane, you said that as well. I mean, that's what the media are good at, isn't it? Stirring the pot. Um, that's exactly and... it. Like, you know, Steve's making a great point there. They're making a lot out of nothing or a lot out of something that's very, very small. I mean, it would be more worrying and more surprising if they did turn up considering the situations. I mean, um, it was good to see um, Xavier McKinney. He's there and he's in exactly the same situation as Dexter Lawrence. But, you know, he's turned up because it's not, you know, it's not that, bigger thing really you know you know i would expect him to be once dexter lawrence's deal is sorted out i would expect them to sit around the table with mckinney's agents and representatives and and start negotiations on a long-term deal for him as well so um there's, there's nothing much in it i mean like 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 we said last week um we we're talking to brian um it's june time when when we start doing the the the, the voluntary like proper like mini camps and workouts and stuff like that when we when we come to doing that proper install of um playbooks and stuff like that then then i i would be worried if they didn't show up for those yes you know alan michael strahan not turning up for camp you know that's when it gets a bit concerning but for now don't read too much into it i don't think we know what it is it's draft week they can't get any intel on who the giants want to draft so they need to Fill, fill up some space in the in the news articles. I say they've got a column inches to fill, aren't they? And uh, like you said, it's draft week. There's nothing else going on at the moment, so they need they need to create some stories, and that's 
that's what they're doing. All they're doing is stirring the pot and creating stories for the sake of it. So don't read too much into it. Uh, now, there hasn't been any updates to any of Shane and Kev's favourite draft analysis analysts analysts i can never say that word properly <laughs> draft draft analysts uh mock draft since last week uh but no doubt with draft week only being a week away uh there will be more drop in at some point this week so keep your eye on our socials for the latest updates for when they come through uh now as i said at the start as andy's unable to make it this evening uh we've had to call omaha at the line so uh we all know omaha <laughs> we all know day one uh is of the draft is dedicated to the first round commissioner roger goodell comes and does his thing on stage has the pictures taken jerseys held up blah 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 blah, blah. day two brings the second and third round um so then by the time day three comes picks are coming in thick and fast with all different weird and wonderful ways of picks being announced, including UK fans announcing the, the draft picks as well. Um, but some of the best talent in the draft can be found in the later rounds. You know, our mate Gary being a sixth round selection two years ago and stud tight end Dan Bellinger being a fourth round choice last year. There's always debate about whether to draft using, you know, what strategy to use when drafting, whether drafting the positions of need or choosing the best player available, um, which, you know, Depending on what, depending on the team, depending on the the GM and the head coach, they're going to go either one or the other. Um, but they could go this, you know, one if there's an amazing player available, they go with him. But then at the same time, after that, they will then draft for their needs. So, you know, there's there's always 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 that sort of debate whether which one the best strategy is. Um, but the strategy the lads are going to use this evening is uh, is drafting of need, because you know it's widely known that there are that big blue have positions of need. You know, receiver, corner, um, centre, linebacker, edge, safety. You know, these are all positions of need for the Giants. Um, so the lads have, have all come up with uh, some names to be looking out for and their sort of choices on each day of the draft at certain positions. So we're going to start off with day one, round one, pick 25 overall. Um, Shane, which receiver are you going for at pick 25? Yeah, so the uh, the one who I've, I've got for um, he, he's not the highest on my board, but he's the I think he'd be a great fit for the Giants and what Kafka and Day will want to do, and that's uh, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Uh, last year he put up seventy eight catches for one thousand and seventy seven yards with twelve touchdowns. He caught fifty eight point three percent of contested catches. Now you look at the positives, what he can offer. He's versatile. He lined up all over the field at college. Uh, out wide in the slot and backfield, which is kind of, you get an impression that's what the Giants wanted to do with Wandale. So, you know, I'm not saying he's exactly the same. And this is, I can't believe I'm going to say these words now. I'm not saying he's exactly the same, but he reminds me a little bit of the Joker. But up here, he's a lot better and he's got more commitment. And, you know, he's not off doing rap songs and all that other shit. Um, So, like, you know, I, I think he's a... He can apply himself a lot better. Now, he's not as shifty in the open field as what that guy was. Um, but, you know, he's, he, he, he just reminds me of him. Now, the negatives on him, he, he does fall into that undersized car- category. Five foot nine, 182 pounds, uh, and has 29 and a half inch arms, which you, you want bigger from your wide receivers. But I still maintain the Giants aren't looking for that wide receiver one, six foot three kind of guy. So I think he would be a good alternative. 
Nice Zay Flowers. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of talk that Zay Flowers. I mean, there's been plenty of mock drafts done with uh, with Zay Flowers going to the Giants in the first round. Um, and I think yeah, he's a he's a good receiver that will potentially be still be there at 25 for the, for Giants to go with. So yeah, he's a he's a small he's a small guy. So he's again, what is it with Giants and picking of you know got plenty of uh, slot receivers? You know, we're getting really slotty, aren't we? Um, but. I think he. I think he. He'd be a, a great pickup. I really do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, cool. like uh, he's um he's one of those receivers that yeah he hasn't got the height obviously, but he's like built like a running back. When you put the ball in his hands, I mean he's, he's an open space. You know, there's not many people that'll catch him. Um, I think he runs fantastic right. So like you know he he can get he can get open in the National Football League. Um, so I think it'd be a great pick you know you can't have enough good players and as we said before don't forget the only people that are the only wide receivers that are um are contracted to the giants after this season is one bell on his rookie deal and um uh the fast receiver we've just resigned him darius slayton he's slayton. To two, yeah he's slaying to do your deal everyone else is on one year prove deal so yeah i can definitely see that happening yeah, man. I mean, Kev, cornerback, who are you going with? Um, well, there's a few that I'd love to go with, but obviously, picking a 25, you have to try and be a bit more realistic. Um, but I've gone for uh, Deontay Banks out of Maryland. He's a six foot corner, uh, 200 pounds. Uh, he's only 22. Um, he ran a 4.35.40. So he's like big, he's strong, he's fast, he's a good press man corner with fit and wings um, scheme brilliantly. Um, you know, he played uh, one of his better games was against Ohio State when he was up matched up against Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be a top five selection, some say, in next year's draft. Um, you know, the only downside with him is like he can be a little bit grabby, you know, so he can, you know, grab on the routes and stuff like that. And if you've listened to me before, you know how much I hear it when Darnay Holmes does it. Um, so he will have to, you know, sort of discipline out when he comes into the league. But um, he's definitely someone that I can see being there around 25. And someone that would fit the Giants' scheme perfectly. Yeah, oh, Darnay Holmes. Don't even go there with Darnay Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just you don't need to grab Darnay. What are you doing? But you know, I, I don't know enough about about him to uh, to really make a comment on him. But I still do think we're going to go corner in the first round. I think we'll uh, receiver. We've we've got a lot of talent at receiver. Yes, we haven't got a sort of standout number one, but that number one receiver probably isn't going to be there at 25. So, you know, I think corner is probably, for me, you know, in my opinion, is the more likely pick we make at 25. What do you reckon, Shane? I think we're going to go wide receiver or centre. Oh, you've changed your tune. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. I, I want to go cornerback all day long. Um, but, I don't know, I've just been reading and hearing and watching things and there's a lot of talk at the minute about the giants oh, hey, it's all lion are. season it's all lion season yeah I don't know. i'm not talking about like new like just just people that are like yeah. not reliable but more reliable than dave on twitter no offense to yeah. dave on twitter. <laughs> um but you know like i've been hearing things that that you know that apparently they're quite high on zay flowers I know I don't like this at all, but they're quite high on John Michael Schmitz, which I would hate in the first round. I'd despise it. Not because it's all like... At, 20, at, at 25? 
yeah, yeah, and that's that's the reaction I kind of had. Mm. Like, you know, if you're gonna take him, fair enough, but mm. don't make it a twenty-five. But just going back to the cornerback situation, I think like I, I know that they like um Cordell Flott, who they got in the third round last year, but he was very, very light. He, you know, he came in at like 170 or something. Um, I'm I'll be very interested now to see what his weight is this year, being in a NFL strength and conditioning program for a full season. Um, because maybe, maybe they see him as the option opposite uh Adore Jackson. But it kind of feels at the moment, then, like like to allude to what you said earlier. Like we have a lot of num, we have a lot of number two wide receivers, but we've only got one number one cornerback, and we don't really have a number two cornerback at the moment. Uh, so, so maybe that's one of the reasons why I think we could yeah. go that way. That's the thing we've got. We've got unproven talent in. I mean, um, in Cordell Flop because he is really unproven still. You know, he he missed a fair chunk of his rookie season. So, would you would you put him at CB two alongside a glory? In what is essentially is in his year two when he's he's missed half his year, his rookie year, it's a big ask, it's a big risk. Um, but if Wink likes him that much, then you never know. But he did uh, show he, flashes though. He did absolutely did, and, and you know I think he I think he's a great talent, and I think he's got a lot to offer. Um, just be nice to see him develop into that, you know, CB two. Maybe take a little bit more time um, as a rotational piece to learn his craft a bit more. And then coming into year three, maybe sort of next year, that's when we potentially look at it, making him sort of CB2, because obviously Dory's contract is up soon as well. So there we go. All right, Shane, linebacker, who are you going for in uh, in round one? Yes, this was quite a tough one. So again, I've chosen a guy who is LB2 on my list, but I just think he's he's better for the Giants. Uh, And that was Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Um, he's a guy who's kind of picked up momentum as, as the draft's gone on. You know, Trenton Simpson was originally LB1, but for some people, Drew Sands is, is LB1 now. Uh, nine and a half sacks last season and three fumbles. Um, I'm a Penn State guy. I watched a lot of Micah Parsons. I consider Drew Sanders Micah Parsons light. I'm not saying he's exactly the same, but that's the kind of similarity, but he's just not going to be as good. Um, he's a kind of linebacker who blitz, you know, he, he can blitz up as much as he wants. And I think that fit Wink system really well. And the negative on him for me is that he's had too many missed tackles. Uh, he had 22 missed tackles this past season, which is the highest among draft eligible linebackers this year. Uh, and he also allowed um, a QB rating of 88 when targeted. So he's not great in, in, in zone coverage. So, you know, you would want him in that blitzing position. As I say, I'm not saying he's Micah Parsons. I'm not saying that's the comp to him. He's just Micah Parsons like for me. I mean, that's pretty high praise though. Well, and that's probably the reason why he would get to 25 as well, because if he was Micah Parsons, he'd be going a lot, lot earlier. Top 10. Easy. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to have a, a player of, of that is compared to him, you know, and think if he's, he's probably nowhere near as good as him, but yeah, it'd be nice to have a player that's been compared to him. You say you say top ten. That's unless, of course, you've got a GM who chose to try back and pass up on him. Bitter yeah. still, I love it. Yeah, but no, I'd not, I mean, so back to the pick. It's a great pick, to be honest, because um, he was wasn't he um, an edge rusher at Bama and actually transferred over to Arkansas, and he's right. only played one season off ball linebacker, so he's still trying to find his feet in that position. And for someone to look as good as he did this past season. 
and only do it for the first year, I mean, it's phenomenal. So, you know, his trajectory, I can see going in the right direction. So I think that would be a decent pick. Well, the fact, in the fact that he's played edge at, at Bama as well is versatility. That's exactly it. Wink you know, would love that. Absolutely. And, you know, edge is another position I need. So, which we're going to talk about any minute now. But, yeah, edge is another position I need. So, maybe, maybe. So, Kev, who are we going for with centre then? Or offensive line or offensive line? Do you know what? I've decided I'm just going to break Shane's heart. I'm just going to do it. And at pick 25, personally, I'd like to trade back a little bit to make this pick. But I am going to take John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Shane's gone. He's left the room. Right. To be, on, to be honest, I'm absolutely being honest. I wouldn't make this pick. Right. I wouldn't. But because I think when it gets to 25, there will be better players on the board than, than uh, John Michael Smith. And I believe you could, could, could get starting caliber, cent, caliber centers as you move down the draft. But. At 25, if we're looking to solidify that offensive line and give a real sort of like anchor to the middle of the line, you know, you couldn't really go much better than John Michael Smith. I mean, he's six foot three, 300 pounds. He's 24, so he's a little bit on the older side, but you don't mind that with offensive linemen, especially in center, you know, where it's more of a cerebral position. Um, he is the best all round center in the in the draft. You know, um, he has a wrestling background as well, and you can really, really tell because he's, he's so, so good with his hands. You know, he's not dominant like with strength or with like stuff like that but you can um you could tell like with his hand placements and leverage and stuff like that um he really basically gets the job done i mean it's just a center that basically you can plug and play for 10 years and keep she happy you know what like we need we do need us we do need a center we need us uh you know there's obviously um, what's his name? I can never remember his name. The guy that's touted that, that we pretty much got a start in the center at the moment. Oh, Bredesen, Ben Bredesen. Yeah, Ben Bredesen. <laughs> Obviously, if we don't if we don't draft a center this year, Bredesen, you know, he's a pretty good stopgap. But it'd be nice to have someone that is of starting caliber and and is of, re- of, of a really good caliber. Picking him in round one, that's a bit of a reach. You know. Could we trade down out of round one or to the later pick round one picks to pick him up? Maybe, but like I said, there's probably going to be better players available um, than uh, a, a starting center at 25, probably even into the the early second round. So, I think second round, second or third round, will be a much sweeter spot for a center. But you know, the guy sounds like he's a he's a force to be reckoned with on the offensive line. And, and if they did, if they did decide to pick, you know, his draft stock might rise over the next sort of week or so. You, you never know. And um, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't surprise me if, if something, if we did go for a centre. But I think Shane is, uh, Joe Shane's a, he's a smarter man than Dave Gettleman. He won't make bad decisions. Um, and I, I trust in him. I trust. I will him. say, I, I will say one thing as well. I mean, like um, if, if say for example, we go with, a cornerback, a wide receiver, round one, and you get into the second round, and like center isn't a sexy pick for all NFL teams, not just you know us at the moment. But if you start to get to like the forties, and he's still there, like we're picking a fifty-seven, could you see uh, we've got two fifth round picks? Could you see us giving what a fourth or one of those fifths or something like that? Not the third, I wouldn't say that now, but like something like that to maybe no. move up and secure him. I mean it. 
it's, you know, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out on draft night. Yeah, man, I think that that would be a great move to move up in the second round, give up one of those fifth round picks, move up in the second round to take one of, if not the best center in the draft. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. All right, then. So, as we said, Edge, Shane, who are you going for if we decide to go Edge in round one? Yeah, so, again, I'm picking another guy whose uh, trajectory is on the way up uh, during this draft process, and that is going to be Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Uh, last year, he had two sacks, five hits and 12 hurries, uh, and he also passed, uh, posted a pass and run PFF grade for 82 in both, above 82 in both categories. Now, he's an elite athlete, uh, built the combine. He ran a 4.39 40-yard dash at six foot two, 238 pounds. He also had the highest vertical, 41 and a half inches um, at the position, and it was the fifth highest at the combine. Uh, he's the kind of guy who's got massive ceiling, maybe a little bit of a lower floor than what you'd like. Now, the negatives is staying on the field. He only played eight games this season. He's still raw, so whilst he's got that huge ceiling, he does have that lower floor, as I say. He needs to hone his skills and the landing spot is key. Now, you could say he's New York, maybe a good landing spot. If Aziz can stay fit, yeah, it could be because Nolan Smith then can come in that rotational and then maybe through the season, if Aziz picks up that injury, he can sort of start taking a lot more reps and he's going to be learning with the likes of Sexy Dexy, Big Cat, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jihad Ward. I mean, you know, that's not a bad school, right? You learn off to hone your skills. Yeah, it's a pretty good score. I'll be happy with that. Edge, what do you reckon, Kev? Yeah, I mean, I love that pick. I mean, I really like the player. Um, um, he's high for me on, on my board. Like, you know, I'll obviously post out uh, top fives this week, you know, as leading up to the draft. Um, but um, I think he's a perfect fit for our scheme as well. I mean, I, I he's definitely not a 4-3 defensive end. He's definitely a three-four outside backer, and, and I think um, he would be working a perfect rotation with Ojolari. And then you might not see him pick up those niggling injuries and stuff again. He might stay healthier throughout the season, being able to share that workload. Because um, at the moment we're very, very thin at edge, and we've shown in the past, the past Giants teams, the more edge, more defensive line and edge players you have that can rotate in, um, the more successful you'll be. I mean, I hate to say it, but. Um, that team in Philly, they you know they've shown how good you can exactly. be by rotating in um, defensive uh, and edge players. That's literally what I was just about to say. Yeah, I mean the, their defensive line, the edge last year was just unbelievably good. Um, I think was it five or six of them, all with ten or more sacks. Unbelievable, um, and having that depth uh, at that position and, and sort of being able to rotate them all the time. You know, you're bringing in different strengths against different plays, against different schemes, and and you know why not? You know why not have that depth in numbers and strength in numbers at a position that where, like you said, we are really, really thin. So, yeah, I like I like an edge picker at 25. I really do. I think, um, and it, like you said, it will con- someone to complement Ojulari, um, and allow him to, you know, in his snap count not to be as high in the games he plays and, and risk that injury, um. That he's had previously, so yeah, I like an edge pick at, at twenty five. I think it's it's definitely one worth thinking of. Uh, I can see lo- him in Philly as well. To be fair, I can hundred percent see him going to Philly and just terrorising us for the next yeah ten years. That's the thing. That's the thing. They've they've got obviously need on the defensive line now because they've lost a couple of their guys. So, or quite a few of their guys actually. But 
you know. I mean, wouldn't you love to see it? See something like you know when 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 Wink sending the house and everything, and you've got teams on third and long constantly, and sending out you know Ojolari, Thibodeau, um, someone like Nolan Smith, along with uh, Big Cat or Sexy Dexy, like sending out four of those uh, players just to get after the QB. Yeah, man, just really bring that pressure, really bring the house on the on the opposing quarterback and old school NASCAR package. Right, hundred percent. Bring it back, man. That's what that, the thing is. That's what you want to see from a defense. You want to see that um, the those sort of exciting plays and and just to really sort of show other teams like the we mean business, you know. And I think Wink's Wink's absolutely more than capable of doing that as as DC. All right, then. So Kev, lastly, safety. Yeah, so safety. Well, there's only one choice here because you know um, this player is by far the heads and shoulders above the rest of the safeties in this class. You know, he's only safety of the first round grade that I have, and that's Brian Branch at Alabama. <clears throat> you know, six foot one ninety, twenty one years of age. You know, his first team All American this year. Um, like I said, he's not even close. Like he is the number one safety in this class. He's so versatile. He can play free safety. He can play strong safety. You know, some sees actually see his best position is actually the nickel um, on the defense. Nice. Um, he can play, you know, he's good in man matching up against tight ends or receivers, you know, and he's very good in zone. He reads the field so well. He's like a general on the field. Um, a little bit like Xavier McKinney, if I'm honest. Um, the only thing, the only real downside with him is like, you know, he might, some might see him as being a little undersized for the modern NFL, but um, I think he'd be a great fit, you know, and get, why not have two Bama, Bama safeties back there patrolling, looking after everything? Absolutely. Why not? Why not? You know, and don't forget, we were just talking about defense line as well. Don't forget Nacho as well. That, yes. You know, Nacho in, Nacho. But, but yeah, Dion Branch, I've, I've, you know, I've heard his name floated quite a few times. I've seen a bit of him on, on social and, I'd love that pick at 25. I really would. I think he'd be a fantastic pickup for the team. I think really think he would fit into the scheme well as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like that pick, man. Shane? Yeah, agreed. Um, but, you know, he's, he's the standout sort of safety one in this, in this draft class. It, I'm going to be really curious, to be fair, to see where he actually goes and how the team ends up using him. Because, as Kev says, you know, um, he's, sort of, he's a safety at the minute. There is a lot of talk that you know he's going to end up playing nickel in the, in the NFL at the next level. So uh, yeah, I'd I'd be happy with that. And you know you're kind of solidifying that back end of the uh, of the the, the uh, DBs with two great safeties with McKinney and and Battle uh, Branch. Yeah, like and to be honest, I'd probably be happy with any of those picks apart from the O line pick because it's a bit too bit too rich for me, but. Let's go. Day two then. All right. Let's let's whiz through day two. So I'll see again, same positions. Um starting off a receiver on a you know a day two receiver to look out for. Kev, who are you going with? Uh so I'm going with a personal favorite of mine, uh Jonathan Mingo out of Old Miss. He's uh six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds, twenty years of age, you know, he was second team all CC. Um like Eli, Eli like him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he ran a four four six forty, which at his sort of height and weight is actually quite good, you know. Anything under like four or five is is a good time um for a wide receiver. Um he's a he's a good big bodied wide receiver, he makes contested catches. He's not a burner and his routes could be a little crisper and a little cleaner. Um, but I definitely think he's got like all the attributes to be a starting ex wide receiver for the Giants. And like, you know, as we've said, um We've 
if if we don't go wide receiver round one, we've got a lot of slot guys and second type of wide receivers. This would give you us sort of that big bodied contested catch wide receiver that um, dare I say a certain player from the Detroit was supposed to be. Mm, yeah, that guy. Cool. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of, of good quality receivers to pick from in sort of in the you know day two. Um and I don't know much about the guy I don't, but you know, like I said, Eli I'd like him from Ole Miss. And it'd be nice to not have to use that round one pick on a receiver if we don't have to, I think. Uh Shane, who are you going for uh corner? Yeah, so this is kind of um you know, following a little bit of a trend with what what Kev said, this is kind of someone who I've penciled in as a, a, a my guy pick, and that's Darius Rush out of South Carolina. Cam uh, Smith's getting a lot of chatter, but I think Darius Rush is really sneaking under the radar and not been getting the uh, credit he deserves. Uh, he gave up 18 receptions on 31 targets last year for 317 yards, two touchdowns given up, but he had two inceptions as well. He's the perfect size for the position, six foot two, 189 pounds, got elite arm length. Ran a four three six forty, and he had a one five one ten yard split. Also, he was clocked at twenty one point six miles an hour at the senior bowl this year as well. The only negative on him for me is um, he's new to the position. He moved from wide receiver in twenty nineteen, so he's only been playing cornerback for sort of two or three years. Um, and he's also better in zone than man, um, which can be a little bit of a negative coming to the Giants. But again, it's an area for him to improve on. And, you know, if you build on that potentially, he's, he's, he's okay in zone as it is already. You can bring him up to that man, but you bring him up to the next tier then. Yeah, and if you like, you know, picks that are going day two, they're not necessarily, um, you know, day one starters in their rookie year. They're, they're guys that are, do need a bit of development. So, you know, yes, they're still going within, you know, the top 100 picks of the draft, but you've got to remember they're not a finished article. Otherwise, they would be going in, in round one, right? So... You know, cool. Um, alrighty. So, I will just say quickly, like I love that pick okay. as well because I, I I only um, watched him on uh, this past weekend. I hadn't really heard much about him. I only like sort of like read up some reports on him and watched him at the weekend. And um, I think yeah, like I said, because everyone talks about Cam Smith, the, the 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 South Carolina cornerback that could go first round into first round, begin the second. Uh, not many people talk about Rush, but I think. Given the right coaching and stuff, Rush could be one of the one of the top cornerbacks in this in this draft. Nice, that's cool. Um, all right, Kev, linebacker. Linebacker again. This is one of my like my guys, and I'd be happy if we took this guy in the first. But I don't think he's a first round. I don't think I, th- I think he's a first round talent. I don't think he'll go in the first. And that's a uh, big boy, Jack Campbell, out of Iowa. Uh, he's six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, twenty two years of age. Uh, 2021 second team All-American, 22 first team All-American. He's your traditional Mike linebacker the Giants have been crying out for. He is that downhill runner. He's a tackling machine. He, what, he had uh, 271 tackles the last two seasons. I mean, you pair him with someone with the speed and range of a Okereke next to him. I mean, that's such a fantastic duo at a linebacker core. And I mean, that would put our linebacking core as top top 10 top five in my opinion in the nfl i think they would just complement each other so much um i mean so the only real downside with them is like in space 
when he's in space, he's a little bit sort of like hesitant, you know, he's a little bit like, oh, what do I do? But if you say to him, like, go, go get ball carrier, hit that gap. Do you know I mean, take on that block, shed it, get into the backfield. I mean, he does everything so well. I mean, he's just not sort of like the linebacker generally isn't a sexy sort of position in the NFL anymore. Uh, you don't see many of them going in the first round. Um, but I think if he's there at 57, I mean, you run that card up to the podium. Snap him up. I love it's, it's absolutely not that sexy position, but I absolutely love a linebacker in that <laughs> position. And just just all-round athletes, pure athletes. And the fact that they're, they're hitting guys, you know, making 100-plus tackles a season, you know, they're hitting guys full pelt every, you know, game in, game out, and, you know, absolute tackling machines. And, yeah, I love the position. And Don't forget, we, these guys can... only play, like, 12 games a year instead of the 16-17 that the NFL do. Exactly, exactly. And if we if we can pick up a, a solid, like you said, Mike linebacker that we've been crying out for since losing Martinez last year, you're winning on on in you know, in the second round, um, Shane. I know it's not your position of uh, choice, but uh, who what what centre you picking up on day two? Well, round two, should I say? Just just before I move on, I, I love that pick by Kev. Like that hands down there. Doesn't matter who Kev picks for the rest of my life. That is <laughs> he's my number one my guy. Like seen, I watched his tape back in February, and I like. I literally just fell in love. I was like, what a player, like, tackling monster. Man crush. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, if we get him, I will buy his jersey instantly. No questions Sweet. asked. Um, you know, you actually be number, it'll be like, it'll be like number two or something. <laughs> Double zeros. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I think, I think for me, we, with Jack Campbell as well. So I mentioned I I I was so tempted to take him in the round one because I'm I'm one of them people like he's that kind of my guy for me. If we take him at twenty five, no problems, absolutely sweet. I've got no issues. You know, there's a reason why analysts have been saying if this was nineteen eighty, he'd probably be a top ten pick. You know, because he would have suited the play yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it just gives me Luke Keekley vibes, like the way he just. I loved Luke. Him. I loved Luke Keekley, man. Yeah, as a player, he retired way too early, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah, absolutely love that pick by Kevin. Doesn't matter who else he picks tonight. That's going to be my favourite, favourite pick of the night without doubt. Um, nice. So what, I'm, I'm onto that. Am I onto that crappy position? <laughs> you are, mate, yeah. Well, you say you say crappy position. It's a pretty important one. Yeah, it's Steve Avila, TCU, next. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, uh, so the reason I've, I've picked Steve Avila, he, he's only given up four career sacks. He gave up none in 2022. Uh, he also gave up two hits and nine hurries. Um, positional flexibility. In 2020, he played 371 snaps at centre. 2021, he played 685 at centre. And then this past season, he played 1,010 snaps at left guard. So, you know, he's got that centre-left guard versatility. Um, depending on what the Giants want to do, that can plug him in playing day one, move Bredesen to left guard. Or if they are happy with Bredesen being centre for the season, and maybe Azuda's struggling. Avila can go in there and play left guard. Um, he does need to improve on his lateral movement and his change of direction speed, but I think that would come um, with the right coaching from Bobby Johnson. Sweet. Again, like we said, they're, they're, these guys aren't the finished article. They're not the best of the best, but they're 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 getting there. They're you know they're still developing. They're young men. They're still developing and and. That step from college to the the pro, the pro game is such a massive one that you can't be expected to be like day one starter ready. 
um, if you're being picked in the later rounds. So, you know, there's plenty of room for de- for development. Kev Edge? Um, so I've gone with um, Derek Hall out of Auburn. Um, he's 6'3", 255 pounds. He's 22. Um He's had 16 sacks in the last two years. Uh, he's like one of those, like, he's not elite at anything. He's just like a good all-round edge rusher. Um, but what I do like about him is that he can, he's got that versatility where, you know, he can play outside and he can play inside. And, you know, we, we're, we're going to talk about this a lot, aren't we? Versatility in this wing defensive scheme. Um, and I think, you know, he come in, not flashy, but he definitely come in and take reps off the other edge guys to give them a breather. And you won't see the, the drop off significantly. Um, and like I said, he's just, he's not quite the finished article. You know, he's, he's still a little bit rough around the ages. You know, he just needs that little bit of coaching from the NFL coaches. Um, but I think he could be definitely a solid addition to the to the edge room or D-line room. Nice. Again, versatility. And that's a, that's a great thing about that like, sort of round two, round three, is you're get, you are getting players that can potentially be versatile. They're not played necessarily the same position throughout the whole of their college career. They've moved around. And especially on you know on the line, uh, you know defensive and offensive line, you get players that do move around, um, and and they end up finally finding the position they're strongest at, and you know picking up an edge you know, edge guy in round two, it could you know potentially you know start off there or move into different positions, like you said. So having that versatility is is good. It's good to have. Um, anything to add on that, Shane? Yeah, no, I like that pick. Um, I think Derek ordered fitting well with what we want to do. Again, that rotational piece with um, Aziz, or maybe if you want to give Thibodeau a bit of a break, if Aziz is, you know, if, if, if Aziz's production matches what it has been when he's been on the field, then you can look at giving Thibodeau a, a little bit of a breather as well. And don't forget, Aziz was a second round pick as well two years ago. So, you know, he's, he's turned out pretty well. Just need to lay off on injuries a little bit. Um, all right. So, safety, Shane, who are you going for? Yes, this was a a tough one for me because whilst it's not a deep safety class, I think there's probably about half a dozen really good safeties on day two. Um, So the one I went for, I went for a little bit of an under-the-radar guy. I don't think he's getting as much um, hype and being spoken about as much as other people are. Uh, Jordan Battle. It's not a Jordan Battle. Just just a pure coincidence. There you go. Uh, Jordan Battle out of Alabama. Um, You know, you want to talk about smart and dependable with Coach Dable. That is what Jordan Battle just produces. Uh, in the last three seasons, he's played 2,691 snaps. Can you get more reliable than that? He's played over 800 snaps yeah. every season. He's been there. And the fact that, you know, he's been trusted by Nick Saban to play DB at Alabama speaks volumes as well. Um, negative for me. I personally he needs to improve on his coverage skills slightly. He gave up a passer rating of 87.9 when he was targeted and his tackling still needs to improve as well. But I just think Jordan Battle is one of those under the radar. You know, I think Brian Branch is being spoken about instead of him, the Alabama teammate. But then on top of that, I do feel that other safeties are being spoken about and he's really sliding under the radar. And, you know, day two pick, if we if we got him, I don't think he'll be there. If, we got, if he was there on round three... I'd run to the podium for that pick. Nice. Yeah, don't forget day two, like I said, consists of round two and round three. So there's going to be plenty more. Got You know, we got, was it 89 in round three, haven't we? Um, so, you know, we've got three top 100 picks. So you can't you can't really complain. And then well, no doubt there's, there's going to be 
plenty to choose from at 89 and plenty of, of good talent left there at 89 still as well you know so you know all the all those guys we've just sort of really spoken about they're the sort of i'd imagine they're the guys that are going to go with at 57 right yeah i have um everyone was spoken about so was, uh, late they late second round early um third round and just just quickly as well i battle i think he's a great pick i i have him as a late second round pick so um sort of fits in nicely so where we were we're sort of picking yeah cool nice all right then so day three um gonna go again same positions but let's go obviously name school and then just sort of one good thing one not so good thing about them and uh, just so we can wrap this up so kev no shane starting off with you let's go receiver yeah so i'm calling i'm calling an audible um i'm gonna change my pick um this guy completely went out of my head and I don't know why, uh, but I'm actually going to go with Darius Davis at TCU. Um, I mentioned him to you guys in the in the group chat a few days ago. Um, at TCU, they, the negative on him, is, again, he's another small wide receiver. I think he's five foot and eight. If memory, and if memory serves me right, Shane, you don't like TCU receivers, right? Yeah, but this is the set. Well, I've got him as a kind of seventh round, maybe round six. Cool. Uh, five, five, eight, one sixty-five. Yeah, 5-8-1. So the negative on him is that he's small, but I'm not drafting him to be a receiver. I'm drafting him to hopefully that it's been an issue for us, and that's kickoff and punt returns. I think it's nice. sort of something that's kind of been overlooked. Everyone keeps thinking about drafting wide receivers or cornerbacks to play that position. But, you know, special teams are just important as well. And on day three, that's what you're going to get from your draft picks. Um, he ran a 4.3, a 4.36, so he's got quick speed. In 2022, returned 18 points for 268 yards, 29 kickoffs for 575 yards. And he's also voted a big 12 special teams player uh, in 2022. Did he take any to the house? Uh, two touchdowns on the punts. Uh, 57 yards okay. was his longest kickoff. There you go. Kick returner, man. Punt returner. Yes, uh, it's a great shout. And why not? Like I said, sick, was it six, sixth round? Sort of that sort of sixth, seventh round? Yeah, for, for me, I'll go right at, at sixth round on him. Yeah, be happy with a. Uh, a nice returner to uh, release that pressure off of uh, Adoree Jackson, right? Because we don't want him getting injured again. Don't play him as a returner next season. You know, use your heads. Pick wisely. Use a pick on it if you have to. Um, but yeah, cool. All right. Um, corners, I'd, re- I'd re-sign Feliciano to return punts instead of having Adoree Jackson do it. Mate, just, just, <laughs> just fair catch every time, mate. <laughs> Even if it's at the one yard line, just call a fair catch. It's fine. I'd rather, I'd rather have a ninety-nine yard field than let a Dory Jackson get injured yeah. again. So yeah, corner day three, Kev. Who you got your eye on? Uh, so I'm going to go for um, Riley Moss out of Iowa. A six foot one ninety-five. Um, he's was a state hundred and ten meter hurdle champion. Uh, he's got a. Good nose for the ball. He's got 11 um, career interceptions at college. Um, the downside is that, you know, he might be better in zone. Um, some see him as moving to safety, but I really think he can stick a corner. And just to address the elephant in the room, yes, he's a white cornerback. But um, I definitely think he can mm-hmm. stick and play in the NFL at cornerback. Um, yeah, so that's my day three pick. 
Nice. What sort of round do you see him, him going in? I've got him going uh, fifth. Fifth round. So we've got 160 in the fifth. Is that right? I think. Got two fifths. Uh, oh, yeah. We've got 172, isn't it? That's the uh, compensatory pick, isn't it? That one. Yes, or comp- or compensatory, as they like to say over the <laughs> pond. No, it's compensatory, lads. Come on, get it right. Um, all right, cool. Linebacker, Shane. Day three. Yeah, so again, following the trend, we've put a lot of the players off picks. I'm picking another athletic guy, and that's Owen Papoe out of Auburn. Um, now, the negative on him, he's slightly undersized. He's six foot, 225. Not very big for a linebacker. Um, however, he did run a 4-3-9 at the combine. Um, he also only had seven missed tackles, which I believe was the uh, joint third lowest out of all linebackers that are going to be drafted this year. Um, seven again, missed tackles, damn. Yeah, I think there was. I think a couple posted four, then five, and then there's like about half a dozen on seven. Um, so you know he's, he's quite low, really. Um, I say he's slightly undersized, which is the negative. But you know you you've got the athletic ability that he's got, and then you're just looking at relying on your coaches to coach him up and sort of mould him into that linebacker that can maybe uh, fit. Um, probably a day, uh, not day, sorry, round round four, round five kind of guy. Cool. So, yeah, we've got, what, seven picks on day three, haven't we? Is it six or seven? One, two, three, six picks, seven picks. Six. Oh, yeah, we've got nine now, haven't we? Nine. Yeah, because we gave one up for... Um, Gave one up for Darren Waller, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, cool. So yeah, six day six picks on day three. Again, it's a nice number. Um don't and then don't forget, like those those guys that are around sort of seven prospects potentially, there's gonna be a massive pool of undrafted free agents to pick from after um after the third day of the draft's done and in the book. So, you know, there's gonna be pl- there'll be plenty of talent there as well. Um center, Kev, day three. I've gone for uh, Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas, uh, 6'3", 306, um, just, like, just like an all-round good player. He's good, not great, um, but he really tries to like dominate his opponents. He really tries, you know, gives 100% effort all the time. Um, you know, he may, the only thing with him is that he's a little bit like, not raw, but just, just needs to refine his skills a bit. You know, he might have to sit for a year behind a vet, Um so maybe if Bredesen is the starting center this year, you know I fully believe Stromberg would do the make the strides over um, sitting for a year and then be the starting center next year. Nice, nice developmental piece. Round where does him go? Five. Round five, cool, yeah. sweet. Shane, Edge, who you got? Yeah, so I've gone for uh, Yaya Diaby out of um, Louisville. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that'd, that'd be a good one for us to get going when we... Um... Yeah, yeah, yes. for the games. Yes, let's yeah. get Yaya, come on, let's do it. Um, but yeah, Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. The last year we had 10 sacks, 7 hits and 19 hurries. The negative on him is that that's the only year he's really produced um, in... Prior to 2022, he had two sacks and two hurries across 21 games, which was in 2020 and 2021. But he's an athletic guy. Ran a 4.5140, 37-inch vert, which was the second highest at the combine for his position. 
Um, he's a tough one as to where I think he can go. I think like I could see him going as high as round four, but I could maybe see him going as low as round six. Because um, as I say, wow. he's not he's not got that production, but then he's got he's raw and he's shown. You know, he's had a good year this year, but prior to that, he's not had a lot. Um, so you know, kind of end of round end of round four, early round six potential range. That's a big range. That's a big range, though. Um, cool, nice, and safety. Kev, over to you for the last one. Yeah, so I've gone for um, Dar- uh, Brandon Hill out of Pittsburgh. You know, it's five ten, one ninety five. Uh, he ran a solid four four three forty. Uh, was it 2021? He was second team all CC. Um, 2022, he got an honorable honorable mention for uh, all ACC. Um, you know, he plays fast, he's all over the field. Um, sometimes he doesn't know what he's doing, but he gets there really, really fast. Um, but he's got really good speed and he's got really good sort of agility on the field, but he doesn't excel at anything. He's kind of like good and okay at sort of everything, but like. You know, apart from the speed, you know, he's not really um, good at everything. But he's just one of those players that, you know, could come in and could be a really good uh, rotational backup safety. Nice. And, yeah, it's always good to get those sort of depth pieces and those backups in the later rounds. Um, And you know what? Sometimes you hit the jackpot as well. And sometimes you do find that unbelievable talent in in the later rounds that turn out to be, you know, they turn out to end up being, you know, Safety, you know, you're, you're starting safety or starting whatever position they're at, um, and end up sort of, you know, going to like Hall of Fame and, and making a, a massive career for themselves in, and being picked up in the late rounds, even you know, undrafted free agents as well. So, cool. Where do you see him going? Oh, I see him going probably the sixth round, sixth, seventh round, something like that. More of a, but, um, just, just I was just looking there, just quite interesting, like to look at. The players that we mentioned, I didn't check this beforehand. I was just looking at it now. Out of all the players we mentioned, who was actually brought in for a 30 visit? Who was brought in for one of the 30 visits? And um, if you look at it, we brought in Zay Flyers, Drew Sanders, Darius Rush, Yaya Diaby, uh, Deontay Banks, John Michael Schmitz, Brian Branch, uh, Derek Hall, and Brandon Hill. All players that the Giants brought in for a t- top 30 visit. You boys know what you're talking about, don't you? That is pure coincidence as well. Like genuinely, yeah. did I didn't I didn't bother looking at who the Giants have brought in. So, like anyone who I've got similar to what the Giants have got is just pure coincidence. It's just like it's pure coincidence. Your name's Shane, and our GM's <laughs> name's Joe Shane. <laughs> GM Shane, eh? Cool. Nice. No comment. No comment, but yeah, keep your eyes peeled for those guys in the in the in the draft. You know those first round prospects and those later round guys as well, because no doubt, like I said, there's going to be some some hot talent to pick up uh, throughout the three days. Um, that is all we got time for this week. Let us know what you think of the uh, the picks that Shane and Kevin made as well. Um, drop us a message on on socials, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you follow us. Uh, drop us a line and let us know what you think. Um, we will be back same time, same place next week, next Wednesday at 8.30. Um, but we won't be live. Wow. Yeah, so next week it's a, it will be a pre-recorded episode for you due to our work schedules not lining up very well. 
and also producer Craig still being away on his holly bobs in the Far East. I think this time next week he'll be in Japan. So just mega jealous, but enjoy your holiday, Craig. But at the same time, how dare you? <laughs> uh, coming up for you next week, though, is the 2023 Big Blue UK and Ireland full seven-round mock draft. Um, I'm the GM. Craig is the head coach. Shane and Kevra are scouts. We go full seven round mock draft, baby. And it's a, it was a great, great evening recording. That it was a lot of fun. Um, so make sure you tune in and give it a listen next Wednesday evening. Anything else to add before we go, guys? Uh, just uh, it's meant to next time that we're actually live. The Giants are going to have several new players on, on the roster, and we're going to know what they've done at 25. And if I need to go and jump off uh, the highest build up, before, <laughs> um, but no, I hope Craig's having a great holiday. Uh, look forward to him coming back next week. So I feel like my eyes have been everywhere looking at every little thing to make sure everything's recorded well. And hopefully, there's been no technical issues. If there has been, then I do apologize. Um, and in case anyone's wondering, no, he's not on a business trip. Using all expenses paying for the podcast. No, he's not. He's we've not paid a single penny for him. It's all paid for by himself. I mean, that'd be nice—a business trip to Thailand. (laughs) 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 Wouldn't complain. Cool, Kev. Anything else said, mate? No, just you know, like you know, we're nearly there. Drafts a week away. Um, just keep an eye out for all socials and stuff like that. We'll get uh, get it more interactive and stuff like you know. And me and Shane might even put out some uh, top fives um, out on the socials as well this week, just to um, you know get a bit more interaction, get people's heads, get people thinking about where we could go. Um, but exciting times, you know. You know, it's nice to pick at twenty five and not in the top ten. Absolutely, yes. It is. It's just so nice, not sort of know that that you know think like this time last year we had five and seven there was so much like pressure and stress and like oh who are we going to go for whereas this year it's like ah, we can choose who we want really like this yeah. either way it doesn't matter um yeah really looking forward to next weekend um always love draft weekend it's just a shame we can't all get together and have a party like we did last year um but we will be sort of chatting no doubt for our next weekend whilst the draft's going it's mad. This, this time last year, we had pick five to pick 25 this year, and then next year, pick 32. I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I'll be, I'll be happy with pick 31. I'll be, to be, I'll be happy with any pick in the, in the late 20s to 30s because that means playoff football. But 32, that would be sweet, wouldn't it? That really would be. Um, like I said, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, hit that little bell to get the latest updates and notifications. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. The ticker's running along the bottom. You can check us all out there. We are all part of the New York Giants Fans UK Facebook page. So give them guys a follow as well and get in touch with us via email too. We are also part of the Full 10 Yards Network. Check out the site, fulltenyards.com forward slash Giants. Craig does a lot of work for them too. He's there. Uh, He's a little writer for them, so he's, uh, he's he's made some good pieces over the last year. So look, we look forward to seeing some more of those. Fulltenyards.co.uk, sorry, not .com. Uh, we look forward to seeing some more of those pieces from producer Craig later in the year. So, yeah, check us out. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Give us some feedback. We really do appreciate all the, uh, all the feedback and all the comments we get because uh, we love the interaction of our listeners and our viewers. 
And thanks to those viewers for tuning in tonight. Thanks to the listeners for tuning in tonight. My thanks as ever go to you, Kev, and to you, Shane, for joining me. We'll sign off till next time.